Welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only surviving, but thriving with the cosmic tides. Welcome, everybody. It is so great to be here with you for our weekly astrological weather. And today we have a very special guest that we love here at Astrology Hub. Divine Harmony is joining us today and will be our weekly weather woman. And Harmony, I know we have a big week ahead, right? I mean, there's an eclipse, so that's always big energy. But let's start with the overarching theme. What would you, if you had to look at all the energies and kind of synthesize it into something simple for us, what would you say is that theme? Well, when I was feeling into this, the thing that just kept coming was surprise. Surprise. Like, yeah, because, well, the eclipse is conjunct Uranus, and it's really massively kicking off the Uranus North Node conjunction that's coming end of July. And um, it's it, there's this energy of the new coming in, but Uranus is, you know, he's a planet of unpredictability. He's actually one of the hardest ones to predict in astrology you never know what you're going to get with him it could be the most amazing thing that you didn't see coming and it changes your life you know in the most phenomenal way or it could be disruptive um you know breakdowns that precede breakthroughs uh especially with uranus and taurus it's like really asking us to see what is holding us back from change and so it has that element of surprise and kind of the winds of change picking up. And and could those surprises be both? I mean, it's funny because last week we had Rick Levine on and we talked about surprises last week as well. <laughs> I experienced a lot of surprises, both challenging and delightful, like di totally different things happening. And I'd be like, okay, that's a surprise. And that's like, that one isn't that fun, but this is also a surprise. And this one is really fun. So could we be experiencing all facets of that? Yes, most definitely. And often, I mean, at least in my experience, I see that they do come at the same time. It's almost like your higher self knows like something in your life, you're resisting changing needs to change. So a little chaos happens there, but then at the same time gives you like, you know, the golden gift or the silver lining, you know, so that, they're both happening. And really, actually, a lot of it has to do with what are you going to pay attention to? What are you going to give the most of your focus to? And I always remind myself to stay in gratitude for what is like a gift when I'm in the midst of maybe a lot of chaos. It's like, okay, reminds me of that quote by um, Mr. Rogers, you know, where he would say in any kind of intense thing, um, heartbreaking situation, look for the helpers. Like when there's war or um, uh, environmental catastrophes, like he says, look for the helpers because it brings out the people who care. And so when you look for the goodness, when you look for the blessings, it amplifies, you know, your consciousness expands uh, whatever you're paying attention to. That's so great. And this is exactly what I was reminding my daughter of. We were going through a challenging surprise last week. And as she's crying in the backseat of the car, it's like, okay, you know, really life is happening for us. I know it doesn't seem like it, but it is. And just pay attention. We're going to be better friends at the end of this. We're going to be, we're going to be more trustworthy. We're going to be, you know, things, things will come from this. That will be a really, really good outcome. Yeah. So 
It's hard in the moment though. Okay. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> uh, what, what are you basing this on? Mm. What, what are the major things that are making you say that that's going to well, be? First of all, we're heading into the eclipse portal. So on Saturday, April 30th, we have the partial solar eclipse, new moon in Taurus, conjunct Uranus, and then mid-May, um, we'll have a total lunar eclipse. So we have two eclipses. We're heading into um, eclipses, of course, are like amplified new moons and full moons. So they're like, you know, a new moon times 10 or um, a new moon on steroids, sometimes people say, or whatever. And so it's extra potent energy that's very much connected to changes, endings, and new beginnings. Often... I notice they're usually happening simultaneously. It's like kind of like we just talked about with the, the gift, the you know more positive thing, and then the more intense thing. The eclipses will magnify that. So uh, with the the new moon eclipse, there can be significant new beginnings, especially because this is a north node new moon solar eclipse. So it's orienting us to the path of growth and evolution and destiny. But I always like to say, like with the nodes, you know, the North Node is not the easy path. It's not what's familiar. It's not the point of comfort. That's the South Node. So often, in order to orient towards the North Node, we got to get pushed out of the nest by the universe. And then we have to kind of figure out how to fly while we're falling down. <laughs> and so the this eclipse is a North Node eclipse. And then the next one in May will be a South Node eclipse. So just that alone is like a lot. And um, the North Node is conjunct, or rather, sorry, the eclipse is conjunct Uranus. And then we're actually going to have Uranus and the North Node align end of July. So this is like kicking that off. And I will tell you, we've been building to that from the moment we got out of the gate of the first day of this new year. It was a sun trying Uranus day. And then the next day was a new moon trying Uranus. And it's just... I, I think it's like a Uranian year. <laughs> so, how many would you say to pay attention to a storyline in your life that is is accentuated right now with this new moon eclipse that is conjunct Uranus, yes. right? And that the continuation of this story will be unfolding late July. Is that what you're saying? And is there a chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, or how is this story working? Well, for me last year, 2021 was like, I don't know if I'd call it chapter one, but it was like the previous chapter because that was all Saturn square Uranus. Right. You know, immovable force against, you know, intense force. And it was just like a clash of energies. Whereas this year they're now separated. So we're not having exact squares anymore. But because Uranus is heading to the North Node, Uranus is is winning <laughs> the conversation. And so last year was like a confrontation between old and new and resistance to change. To me, this year is all about like, okay, change is coming. And are you going to orient to it? Are you going to, you know, it's like when a big like uh, wind comes, you can, let's say you have a kite. <laughs> What are you going to do with your kite, with the wind? You're not going to try and make it go opposite the direction of the wind or you're going to have big problems. And so you just want to like orient to where you're seeing the universe is wanting to like take you. And so this eclipse will be a huge time 
to get more clear on what that is. Of course, you know, wherever Taurus is in your chart, the house it's in is going to be an important piece to the picture. If you have anything around 10, 11 degrees of Taurus, the eclipse is like right smack on your whatever. Um, but for all of us, it's very powerful. And um, the day before the eclipse, Pluto stations retrograde. And so we have a standstill Pluto and he's literally standstill the whole week at the same degree and same minute. I think it's like 20, 2835. I wrote it down 2835. And he actually makes three aspects at standstill with Mercury, the mind, Venus, the heart and Pallas Athena, the wisdom and warrior goddess. And so it's not just him at standstill. He's interacting with planets in his in a very powerful position. Michael Luton says um, the slowest planet wins and the slowest planet is always, you know, the furthest out and Pluto is other than Eris. But then also the slowest planet is the one that's at standstill. Wow. <laughs> so we've got the one of the furthest out at standstill and you'll feel it like I always feel Pluto stations. I mean, they can be deep and intense. They can be great for therapy. They can be great for inner inner work and you know, exploration of what's hidden in the unconscious, but it can also be like bringing up stuff that you've kind of like <laughs> been keeping a lid on and maybe not wanting to look at. It's essentially the Lord of the underworld going in deeper into the underworld because he's going retrograde. <laughs> so what does it mean that he's making these aspects too? So Mercury, well, Venus, and Athena. Yeah, so Venus and Mercury are actually harmonious aspects. Uh, he'll trine Mercury the day before he goes exactly retrograde, which is interesting because in mythology, um, Mercury is one of the few beings that actually could go into the underworld and come back out. So when he was going down, he was seen as the psychopomp. He could guide the souls back down and he could still come back out and not get stuck down there. So Mercury and Pluto are excellent um, when they align with each other harmoniously. It's like the the depth is there, the capacity to find the truth, to, to do deep research, to get to the bottom of things, to really um, deeply understand something about yourself or a situation you're dealing with or you know something in the world. So that's harmonious. Venus is harmonious. That's at the very end of the week on May 1st. And so that can be great for just deepening relationships, um, compassion, taking the beautiful Pisces energy of Venus, but then doing something with it, you know, tangibly that can transform, you know, yourself or situations in your life. The one that's tense is Pallas Athena, which, you know, will be interesting. She's the wisdom and warrior goddess. And so, of course, one of the first things I think of is you know, the war that's happening in, in Eastern Europe. And she's about strategy and she's about seeing, you know, kind of being able to rise above and see how everything's interconnected, but it's a tense aspect. So there can be like some power struggles, there can be, um, you know, confrontation. So that's happening throughout the week. Does it matter? I mean, is it just, what's the actual date? And does the actual date matter? Or is it coloring the whole week? It's coloring the whole week. The actual station is on the 29th, the day before the eclipse. So having Pluto station, you know, one day before the eclipse is is kind of amps up the energy. But then Pluto is at standstill at the same degree and minute all week. And all the aspects he makes are 
at the same degree in minute. So he's like, you know, <laughs> digging his feet in. <laughs> and that's the um, degree of my Venus, by the way. Woo! 28, so, 35, or just 28? 35 piece, but 28. Oh, I'm going to have to look at your chart after. I'll send you an audio. I know. And I'll, I'll report on how this actually plays out. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and then we also have this beautiful alignment of Venus, Jupiter, and Neptune, um, the 27th through the 30th. So we have Venus conjunct Neptune on the 27th, Venus conjunct Jupiter on the 30th. And actually on the 27th, if you get up early before the sun rises, you can see Moon, Venus, Jupiter all together. Um, because they're, you know, Neptune and is like three degrees from, yeah, three degrees from Jupiter, and then the moon will be there. Um Moon, Moon, Venus, Jupiter, and you can't see Neptune. You need a microscope, or not a microscope. <laughs> Too small. Yeah. But yeah. that'll be beautiful. I'm I'm setting my alarm for 4 a.m. I'm going to go outside and, and see. Nice. So that's on the 27th, 28th, 29th, and 30th? We'll be able to see that? It's Well, the 27th is when you'll see the Moon with Jupiter and then Venus. And Neptune's there, but you won't see him. Um, the twenty, the thirtieth is actually the Venus Jupiter conjunction. The twenty seventh is the Venus Neptune conjunction. Okay. So right. the portal, those you know, and this harkens back to the Jupiter Neptune conjunction and the panel mm -hmm. event that we did together. The talk yes. as well as the meditation. Um, actually, anybody who has that, it can be wonderful to go back to that meditation and and that. Um, you know, the ritual or work with the altar that you made or whatever, because those energies from the 12th on that exact conjunction are energized by Venus and the moon during these days. Oh, so, awesome. it's, yeah, it's really beautiful, actually. I've been looking forward to it. <laughs> if you miss that event, you can still actually access it. You can go to astrologyhub.com slash jubilee and mm -hmm. jubilee is J-U-B-I-L-E-E. -E. It's a give as you wish event, so you can donate to the event if you want or not. But it's you'll be able to access that the ceremony we did, which included several guided meditations, as well as the unveiling of the community musical talisman that Joji on our team created, which was amazing. But you would so then you'd have that music, you'd have the meditation, and it sounds like that would be a really powerful thing to do all week long. Are you saying? How many well, the, seven, uh, the 70th, sorry, the 27th is when we actually have Venus conjunct Neptune. And that morning, if you get up early, you'll see the moon with Jupiter and Venus and Neptune will be invisible. You'll also see Mars and Saturn, um, but the close conjunction of the benefics and Venus and Jupiter are the two benefics, the lesser and the greater. Jupiter and Neptune are the two spiritual planets. And then Venus and Neptune are the lower heart and the higher heart. So it's this alignment of like the heart, love, mysticism, spirituality, beneficial energy. You know, they called them the benefics because both Venus and Jupiter are the brightest planets outside of the sun and the moon, which aren't really planets. You know, it's a star and a satellite. And so they were seen as translating a lot of light, like that because they're so bright, that light came to us on Earth. And so that's why actually going out to 
see the stars. It's wonderful to you know study them and talk about them and but to look at them, to gaze at them, to breathe them into your heart, to breathe them into your crown, to feel the energy come into your body and your being can be a very profound experience. Yeah. Last week we did a podcast episode with um, Kaylin Castell. And I love talked about star magic and alchemy. And a lot of the conversation was around this. If you missed that episode, it, it was really powerful. But just the 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 energy and the magic that's available to us when we actually work with the stars in the sky with our visual eye, you know, with our eyes yeah. instead of just on the computer and on the you know screen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You let it into your eyes, but I also really love to like do a visualization of it, like coming into my crown, filling up my heart. You know, this is the beautiful, like imaginative energy of Pisces. That is like, I mean, the magic is all around us, but you know, you want to have eyes to see and ears to hear. And so it can be beautiful to work with this alignment in that way. Okay. So we have this Venus, Jupiter, Neptune, Moon thing happening, which is very uplifting and access to spiritual information. And so that, that's dreams. really dreams. Okay. Yep. Pay attention to your dreams. They can be full of symbolism and imagery and messages from your unconscious. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. What else are we looking at this week? We also have a lot going on with Ceres. Ceres is one of the asteroid goddesses. She's the great mother. She's the mother of Persephone. Um, she's, you know, has to do with nurturing and nourishment, especially food, but also birth. She's actually a, a goddess of womb and tomb. She's a goddess of birth and death, you know, the, the great mother who births us, and then we all go back to her when it's time to die and start over again, <laughs> recycle. <laughs> and so we have a ton of Ceres aspects this week. Uh, at the start of the week, Venus squares her, and the very end of the week, Neptune squares her. So essentially, the Venus-Neptune conjunction is squaring Ceres. And the positive side of this can be really infusing even more love and altruism and a desire to sacrifice for others, you know, to, to put others first. Neptune Pisces energy does that, you know, uh, a lot. The shadow side of that is we need to have boundaries and not overgive so that we're like depleted. Neptune, particularly though with Ceres, can bring in some nebulous situations, maybe in family dynamics, because it is Ceres mother energy. Um, the environment, I mean, Ceres is very tied into the earth, the environment, um, our precious natural resources, earth, um, soil, water, air. And so there can be you know, some kind of nebulous energy that could be playing out there. We do have Saturn and Eris linking with Ceres from the 30th through May 1st. And we're actually going to have Saturn Eris happen in June, June 23rd, I think it is, which is a positive Eris aspect, harmonious, <laughs> helping us to harness the activism of Eris. You know, she's ready to take a stand for truth. She's She's not the passive, like feminine, that's just kind of surrendering and allowing. She's like the, I'm going to take action and take a stand. I'm going to protect the, you know, those that can't protect themselves. She's like a, she's a fierce warrior energy. She's not all bad. 
sometimes people seem to want to just say she's chaos, <laughs> but she's got a very powerful positive side. So there's a lot of series and series is in Gemini. So this can make for interesting communication, information, um, you know, being really aware of how we communicate and how we how we hear things. You know, like you could say something to me, but I will hear it a certain way because of my own stuff, because of my own unconscious. So it's actually a really great week to be tuning in at that level hugely. And then the other thing, which I forgot to mention, but the eclipse with Uranus can definitely make for wonky things happening with technology <laughs> and like, you know, technology, communication. Um, it's Uranus, you know, so it's just like stuff like happening that you didn't see coming or I've, I've been feeling this build up this whole week. <laughs> um, you know, like, I, for example, I got on Facebook and pictures, you know, people's pictures should show. And I saw like a blue question mark, <laughs> like things weren't loading. And, and it wasn't just me. Other people were saying they were seeing funny things. Anyhow, that kind of stuff can happen. <laughs> okay. So technology, communication, things happening yeah. that you can see coming, being aware of how you hear things. One of the things that we've talked about on the show before is when people say something to you, asking the question, you know, this is what I heard. Is this yes. what you meant? And that, yes. that to me is one of the most eye-opening things to do because most of the time what we're hearing is mm -hmm. not what they meant, especially if it's in like a tense sort of triggered emotional exchange. Yes. You know, yeah. it can get very distorted. So it's a really amazing practice to say, okay, here's what I heard you say. Is this what you said? And is this what you meant? Yeah. 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 It's a, a beautiful practice, you know, and it's like building a muscle to cultivate remembering to do that. Cause when we are triggered, it is so easy to just go whoop right into the like, Oh, this is my default. This is what yes. I always do. And, and it's like that moment that a roller coaster starts going down and you feel like you can't stop it. <laughs> so there's a point before that, that you actually can stop it and go, Oh, Let's ask that question, you know, before it's like no yeah. turning back. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. So we have those things happening. What else this week? Anything else you want us to pay attention to? One last thing is it's that we're heading into the Beltana portal. It's Beltane is how it looks like. And Beltana is actually the Celtic word. But this is one of the high holy days, the, the gates of the sun. So it's um, Beltana is actually the midpoint between spring equinox and summer solstice. In the northern hemisphere, in the southern hemisphere, they're going to be heading into Samhain, which is the opposite gate. But anyhow, there are these two gates of the sun. And literally, Beltana is mid-spring. And it is the time at which we start seeing, you know, because when spring first comes, you're like, oh, spring is coming. You might see a few flowers, but you might still be cold or whatever. But at this point, you really are starting to see the days are longer, the days are warmer. It's it's clear that we're in the light half of the year. Whereas on the other side, if you're in the southern hemisphere, you're tipping into the dark half. So Bealtaine is the gate of union and fertility, and this is because we're seeing like the flowers exploding and the bees and the you know the bunnies are you know having babies and so are other animals and the nests and the trees and stuff. 
Whereas in the Southern hemisphere, it's actually the gate of death and death meaning metaphoric, meaning the end of the solar year, the last gate before the sun rebirths itself at winter solstice, which will be our summer solstice up here. So we actually, the very end of this week, on the 30th in the evening till May 1st is calendar Baaltana, which is when it's conventionally um, celebrated on the calendar. But solar is actually May 5th. And then lunar will be the full moon in Scorpio total lunar eclipse. So we're heading into a powerful solar gateway portal that actually is aligned with the eclipses, which makes me see that this period of time we're moving into is going to be a very even more significant because there's not just eclipses aligning. There's like gates of the sun that are also aligning as well when it comes to the eight high holy days of the year. Harmony, what is a solar gateway? Like, oh, what, what do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah. So this is a, the four solar gates that people usually know are the solstices and the equinoxes. They are like the four points where the sun makes a turning point, And that's because it's the beginning of the seasons. You know, tropical astrology is seasonal based. It's all about like zero Aries is the first day of spring, zero Cancer, highest point of the sun. So those are the four gates, but each of them, there's, a, there's actually eight. And the other four are the midpoints of the season. So for us in the Northern Hemisphere, Bealtaine is like, the midpoint of spring it's the fullness of spring and it's fixed energy all the midpoint seasons are the fixed signs taurus leo scorpio aquarius so it's like maintaining like the most power of the season it's not building it's not waning but it's like full potency and what does that mean for us like i know these are holy days and 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 people have been celebrating these days for centuries but what's available to us what what does it mean yeah so for us us in the north this is it's a gate of union and fertility so it's about a time full of life full of creativity it's actually can be highly romantic time too but it's like the life force of the earth is just overflowing and you see it in the flowers and the birds and then the you know baby birds in the nest like you just see life, um, you know, creating itself even more. If you're in the South, it's a descent. It's about going in like the bear. You know, this is actually the time that bears soon will start heading into their caves or whatever, depending on where you live. And if you have bears and how snowy it is, it's that time of pulling your energy in. Whereas Bealtaine is like, bring your energy out. Yeah, it's like a inward and an outward. And yeah, they've been celebrating it for not just hundreds of years, like thousands. I mean, millennia. Astrology is deeply connected to this. Uh, people, the ancient people would pay attention to the stars, but also the sun and the seasons and the moon. <laughs> and these are celebrations of the sun and the moon and our seasons and how they represent phases in our lives. Like actually one other thing I can say is the arc from winter solstice up to summer solstice is the arc of like the light and the life building. It's like reaching for the highest point of light. And then the arc coming back down, you bring it down and in. Mm. And we cycle the same way that the earth cycles with the sun 
I mean, it, it is literally the, the archetypal mythos of all of life. Okay. So, so yeah. this is an opportunity to really focus on bringing the light in mm -hmm. and it's almost like storing light for the hibernation that will come in the winter. Perhaps. For the people in the South. Well, right. for us, yeah, yeah. But then for the South, it would be the opposite, right? They're yeah. actually um, tending to the, the, the heart, the flame in their hearts. Yeah. That is more of an internal thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I, I just love it. I mean, we, we talk about it a lot and then it's kind of like, well, what does that actually mean? What do we do with it? You know, how do we live with it? Well, there's one other thing I want to say. So where we're at with Bealtaine, it's like just before the full moon. Right. So it's like the waning moon. It's about to reach fullness. That's Bealtaine with the sun. Whereas people in the south, they're heading to Samhain. They're heading into the dark moon. Right. So that's also how you can understand it is it's the same cycle of the moon. It's just overlaid with the sun. Oh, it, and as you were speaking, Harmony's from Hawaii, and oh, yeah. it, it is Hawaiian, has percentage of Hawaiian in her as well. Uh, so you'll appreciate this. The word Mahealani, which is a name that a lot of people have, it, but it's it's full moon, but it actually is more one who gathers light and shares mm. it with the world. Oh. And so what you're describing is that we're in that like gathering light phase. Yeah. And eventually we'll reach that full moon, just summer solstice, high capacity light. And then it's about disseminating that light until yeah. we actually go into a, a darker place and regroup and come back out again. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And then you okay. have these beautiful moons behind your head too. Like yes. just <laughs> <laughs> I love to see the face. Yes. Exactly. I love to think about it as heaven and earth. That's why I always have my flowers. But heaven and earth. Okay. So what else? I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot in one week. But is there anything well, else you want to say? A ton all week. Um, I mean, there's there's some other little minor things, but I think that's enough. I mean, unless you want me to say anything else. Well, it's only if the minor things are, are are worth noting that we should be aware of. Well, we have a bunch of semi-squares this week, which are like eighth harmonic aspects. So on the 27th, Mars makes a semi-square to Eris. And on the 28th, Mercury to Chiron, and both of those are in Aries. So, you know, a semi-square is half a square. And so it has that square tension, but it's not as in your face. <laughs> and with, with, you know, planets in Aries and Mars being, you know, one of them making a semi-square, there can definitely be this like edgy kind of energy where again, like working with that Aries energy in a conscious way can be you know, helpful. <laughs> so like, you know, if you're feeling angry, express and release it, go scream into a pillow or, you know, let it out. Like, don't not let it out, you know, unskillfully and exploding on people, but like, give it, give it a space for expression. So it can be let go of, and it doesn't have to build up like a volcano. Um, you know, for each of us, it's going to be different. Some of us tend to internalize that kind of fiery energy and try and stuff it others of us we might over express it so then for us it's like okay how do we how do we rein that in not in a repression way but in a in a masterful way so there are you know a fair amount of semi-squares um and actually one other thing i can say is on the 29th mercury moves into gemini 
and this whole week leading up to the movement into Gemini and then, you know, the first few days in Gemini, Mercury is transiting the Pleiades. So, wow. and you know, they're sacred in Hawaiian too. <laughs> in a lot of cultures, right? Oh, yes. Um, so what, what would that mean to you? Mercury transiting the Pleiades. Like, what, how would you explain that? Well, here's the thing. When I was feeling into like an archetypal energy, we've got Uranus on the eclipse, you know, North, uh, North Node, New Moon Eclipse. We've got Pluto stationing retrograde on a particular Sabian symbol that actually has to do with a woman reading tea leaves. And it's all about clairvoyance and being able to see in everything the signature of deeper realities according to Dane Rudyard. And then we've got this Pisces, Venus, Jupiter, Neptune energy. And, and then we've got Mercury transiting the Pleiades. And so for me, I'm just like, whoa, like open up to the information coming in, to the downloads, to the dreams, to your own direct connection to the stars. Like it kind of feels like off the charts, amazing energy for intuition and dreams and channeling and psychic stuff and messages from, you know, star family, like all of these put together. I'm just like, Oh, interesting. Wow. That's kind of exciting. Yeah. I really recommend now, now that you've said that really recommend all of you listening to last week's episode with Kaylin Castell. We also talked about making medicine wheels that, you know, the circle and the cross on the earth, aligning that with the directions and even aligning that with specific constellations or mm. in this case, maybe the Pleiades and bringing in essences of those constellations or specific stars that you want to bring more of into your life. Yes. It sounds to me like there could be some incredible magic happening yeah. in this Pleiades movement. Yep. And they're, they're the seven sisters. So they have a very like divine feminine energy, very, um, you know, sacred um, dance and beauty and art and love, like these kinds of energies can be, and those are already going to be quite amplified with Venus conjunct Jupiter Neptune. So then it's just like, and this eclipse is in Taurus, which is the sign of Venus. So, you know, it's kind of like, it's always interesting when the universe aligns it. So there's like so many signals pointing in the same direction. It's like, kind of can't miss that. <laughs> Pay attention, right? Pay attention. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So for the week, we have the theme of surprise. Mm. There's going to be this winds of change. There's, there's things that can happen. Surprises, both pleasant and challenging, potentially mm -hmm. can be happening through it all, remembering to ask these questions. What is the gift and who are the helpers? Mm. Look for the goodness and the blessings as these things are happening. Mm -hmm. uh, and that will help you to actually take advantage of the energies and allow them to usher in something new and potentially an upgrade in your life because there can be aspects of releasing here. Mm -hmm. We have a, uh, the this is it's on the north node so yeah. this is emphasizing growth this is a destiny point a destiny moment mm -hmm. so pay attention to the storylines pay attention to what's being put in front of you because it it's meaningful it matters it's it's worth actually paying attention to it's big stuff essentially yeah 
This is at 10 to 11 degrees of Taurus. So look at your chart and anything that you have around those degrees. But also there's other ones that could be making aspects to it, right? Also? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you kind of need to know your chart to, to be able to ascertain that. But yes. Okay. So <laughs> you, you'll look for like 10 to 11 fixed signs. So 10 to 11 Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, Aquarius. You'll either have it conjunct, opposite, or square. Mm -hmm. um, and usually tight aspects you, you pay attention to. I mean, you can also look at wider, but when you keep it tight, you get more clear on like, boom, this is where <laughs> where the if energy is. You tight in this situation, would you say 10 or 11 degrees or would you give it a bigger orb than that? No, I mean, 10, 10, I would go when I'm looking at like luminaries, sun and moon. I tend to go with tighter orbs because when you widen them up, like 10, 10 is actually kind of wide, depending on no, what no, you're I meant, I meant 10 to 11 degrees because that's where you oh. said it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant a 10 degree orb. No, no, no. That's quite wide. <laughs> yes, 10 to 11, it would be quite very tight. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we also have Pluto stationing retrograde at 28 degrees and 35 minutes minutes yeah. of Capricorn. Yep. It's not only is it stationing, so it's not moving literally all week, which I always, there's this like sound I hear when, when planets are stationed. It's like this, like, yeah. like, it's just like, it's like, it's almost like an oil drill drilling into the earth it's like this planet is just like drilling down you know and there's this this intensity of the energy so we feel it more when it's stationed right yeah. oh yeah you, you said it's also making aspects with mercury venus and athena harmonious aspects with mercury and venus a more tense aspect with athena and so this can be um really beautiful things that it's like kind of mining with this Mercury and Venus, but some challenging things, intense things that it could be bringing up with Athena, which can sometimes have to do with war and conflict. So just paying attention to that as it's playing out on the world stage, but also how it's playing out in your own life. Where are you at war in your own life? And those areas could be aggravated. What would you say Athena's higher invitation is if people are experiencing situations like that in their lives? Her higher invitation is to be able to get the bigger picture because, you know, we're always seeing from our like, oh, this is what this means for me. And this, you know, this is why we do the communication thing that you you were talking about. It's like, I heard this because when we hear this, we're hearing from what's our default, what's our you know way. But when we can open up and see the bigger picture and understand maybe other viewpoints and other perspectives, which could help make some sense about why maybe somebody did or said something or whatever. So she, you know, in her highest uh, expression, she can see all of that. And then in seeing pieces outside of her own personal piece, it actually can help us access a greater understanding and it can help us find a bridge, you know, especially if there's like a one-to-one -one personal conflict, it's like, okay, how are they seeing this? How are they seeing this? What would it take for us to meet in the middle? <laughs> okay, so look for the bridges. Look for yes. the bridges in those situations. Great. All right. We also have this uh, Venus, Jupiter, Neptune, Moon situation happening, which is reinvigorating the Jupiter, Neptune, and Pisces conjunction that we just had on the 12th. 
an opportunity to tune back into that energy that you were feeling then, the visions that you were catching then, the dreams that you were having then, and really reinvigorating them. If you made a treasure map with us at the Aries New Moon, it'd be a great time to look at it again, like feel that energy again, play our musical talisman while you look at it again. So yeah. allow it to really infuse, you know, energize it, like give it yeah. some, give it some energy. Okay. Go outside and look at them and see what happens. Open yourself up to whatever energies they have to offer you. Specifically yeah. the morning of the 27th, if you want to see the moon. Perfect. <laughs> the 27th, mark that down. Uh, pay attention to your dreams. There are messages coming in that could be very powerful for you. So pay attention to those. This is also a great time because of what's happening with series. Any of you that have causes or are activists or there's um, innocent life that you are wanting to protect, there's mm. going to be an infusion of energy for you to actually to, to do those things um, mm -hmm. and make some action or have some action in those areas. Yeah. Uh, you, of course, be aware of how you're hearing things. Be aware with your technology and communication. Things may be wonky. What I find is that just knowing that can make it a little bit less frustrating as it's yeah. happening, right? It yeah. doesn't make it not happen necessarily, but it makes it like, oh, okay, I kind of knew these things would be happening. It's okay. Just take yeah. a deep breath. Go make yourself a cup of tea or coffee while things are being frustrating and come back to it later. Um, okay. We have yeah. uh, I can't say it right. We have Beltane. Say it right. Oh, Beltane, but I just want you to know, it's only been recently that I've been pronouncing it correctly, even though I'm Irish. So, okay. Beltane. Oh, Beltane. Yes. Beltane. Yes. Uh, that's going to be a tough one to remember, but <laughs> thank you for giving us the correct pronunciation. This is a portal, and this is a portal associated with the sun. So we have a portal associated with the moon with the eclipses, yeah. right? And we have a portal associated with the sun. So we have several portals opening yes. and we have opportunity, again, more information, more things coming through from other realms there. This is a lot to do with union and fertility, romance, life, celebration. Mm -hmm. If you're in the Northern hemisphere, if you're in the Southern hemisphere, this is going into the dark uh, phase. And so the integrating yeah. the real, um, you know, inward. Okay, you're you're getting ready for a, for your long nap. Yes, exactly. Metaphorically. <laughs> yes, metaphorically. Yes, of course. So the life force of the earth is overflowing again, northern hemisphere. We also have some energy, some semi squares. Semi squares, yeah. Semi squares with Mars and Eris, Mercury and Chiron. So these aren't full squares but they could be minor tensions in your life, kind of edgy. Uh, we're working with Aries energy with these things. So being mindful of places where you might be bottling up your anger or your frustration and allowing yourself, like I always think of it as like a, the valve that allows the steam to come out like slowly instead of the explosion. So yeah. open the valve, allow it to come out as it's coming up. I love the car for things like this. It's great to go in the car and just yell. Nobody yes. can hear you. It's amazing. It's, yes. it's a great thing to do. Uh, open up to information, downloads, and dreams. Oh, we have the Pleiades energy happening. This is the oh, seven yeah. sisters. Mm -hmm. 
there's some divine feminine energy there. So lots of amazing things happening. I mess anything up or, or is there anything you'd want to say differently? No, no, you said it amazing. It's there's a lot going on this week. I remember when I, when I, you know, when we were like, Oh, this is the week you'll do. I looked at it. I was like, Whoa, there's a lot going on. <laughs> well, you're the perfect person to give us this information. Uh, we just a couple announcements. We, well, why don't you tell them about your new website? Oh yeah. Thank you. I redid my website and launched it with the Jupiter Neptune conjunction on April 12th. And um, which actually was making an exact aspect to my progressed Jupiter and my progressed Midheaven. And um, I just go check it out. It's divineharmony.com. And it's gorgeous. Labor I mean, of love. Absolutely gorgeous harmony. I looked at it. I was like, oh, wow. And it's such a beautiful reflection of you. And I know how big those projects are. It's like, oh, I'll get a new website in a couple of months. It's like a year later and, and just tears and, you know, all of it. Tears, lots of edits. I've learned how to do Divi so I can make my own edits. Yes. yes no big deal. So congratulations on that. And we have the chart reading extravaganza live with Rick Levine, which is happening. It's starting on May 5th. It's every Thursday in May where Rick Levine will be doing live chart demonstrations and readings all around timing and transits. So the first chart reading extravaganza we did was was mainly looking at the natal chart and you got to watch him decoding and reading students' charts live and teaching you while he does it. This time it's gonna be all about timing and transits, essentially what we do here on the weekly weather every week. Is we're looking at transits, we're looking at timing that the astrologers are using different astrological techniques to actually interpret the movement of the sky. So you'll get to see how Rick Levine does that if you love him as a teacher, this would be a great opportunity for you. It's astrologyhub.com slash timing. You can go there and learn more and join us today. Okay, Harmony, thank you so much. This has been so fun. I'm so grateful that you're here with us. And I'd love to have you back on the weekly weather if you'd like to join us sometime. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. And thanks to all of you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for sharing these episodes with your friends. Thank you for being a part of our community. Thank you, as always, for making astrology a part of your life. We will catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.